Hello, welcome to Real Politic. My name's Geraint at Wario Tifo. I'm joined by Yair, and um, we've also got a, a very special guest on today joining us. Uh, we have finally, after it's been discussed a long time, we've we finally managed to actually get the big man himself, remain with Mike Starr, the hashtag superstar, Mike Gapes MP himself, on the show. So, welcome, Mike Gapes. Thank you. I'm Mike Gapes. <laughs> you are Mike Gapes, yeah. <laughs> well recognised. M- MP4, the milk. How's the campaign trail been today, Mike? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> Have you discovered a way to smoke milk? Well, the fact is, you have red cakes with red cherries in the blue cakes with great big blue cherries, and you mix it together, and it comes out as milk. And uh, (coughs) what do you think of Labour's election so far? What are you making of, of Corbyn's campaign? It seems to me to be the work of Mr. Seamus Milne. Oh, shocking. Um... I, I have been shocked. I am shocked by the pro-Putin foreign policy. <laughs> Pro-Putin! Pro-Putin! And remember, you can get more of this top-quality content by simply donating $5 a month to our, our Patreon page, which you can find the link Don't in the bio. Don't give those fucking bastards any money. Don't do it. I have ruined my life. I am here with a gun to murder these bastards. I think we might need an exorcism. <laughs> Your mother sucks cocks in hell! <laughs> Milk from as, as far double. south as you can go. South <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> uh, so this is Jack. This is just Jack producing um, off mic. Why don't you guys ask Mike some stuff about Change UK? It was the independent group mm-hmm. for Change. So Mike, Change UK had a big start back earlier this year, but it's kind of faded yes. off a bit now. How's things going? How do you expect to bounce back from that? Just a book called The Biggest Trees in the World. It has all the most big trees around. They are enormous trees. And I, I think that we can parlay this knowledge into an electoral strategy for our little acorn. Are you saying that there is sort of a strategic big tree gap? Milk! Milk! Cows! Milk! (laughs) Well, um, I tried to lock the door and keep him in here, but Mr. Gapes has just bolted from the studio for some (laughs) reason. He's done a runner just as you've turned up, Jack. What are the chances of that? I didn't think that he could run so fast. He's a sprightly man for his advanced age. He's actually younger than Jeremy Corbyn, as I quite enjoy pointing out. Um, yeah, that was, was my gapes. Yeah. How, how about that, eh? Amazing. No. Mike Gapes, yeah, I know. Well, obviously that sounded nothing like my impression of Mike Gapes. I only do mine in a sort of moderate falsetto. (laughs) Although, of course, when you're playing Michael John Gapes, everything is moderate, so to speak. 
Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just put my fucking vocal cords on the line for this shit. You dick. His, his voice sounded perfectly normal about ten minutes ago before we started recording. That, that's all <laughs> that is commitment to the cause. He's. I've seen. I've seen the milk bottle and the damage done. A little part of it in everyone. Thanks, Mike. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And, of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard who... left is. You know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, right to right wing. Hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 Ticket and take me down the Your voice sounds like hell, Jack. Yeah, man. No, I've been pretty ill. Like, I've, I've been, like, um, I've had this really bad cold, and I've still been spoken a bit loud, and I had a big jam with my mate the other day, and I was playing banjo, and banjo is a very loud instrument, and I was singing the whole thing, and I was doing some high harmonies, but my mate sang songs, and it was just, and something happened at the end, and I was just like, Ugh. and no sound came out. And then I couldn't speak yesterday, really. You've been Nasty. silenced. You've been silenced by Corbyn's candidates, Corbyn's trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Sidelining moderate voices. Yeah, okay, I just... I, I was just bitching you out earlier, Geraint, about bleed through, but I've realised I haven't even got headphones on, so my recording there is going to sound like shite. <laughs> okay, i got headphones on now. Yeah, I'm feeling real, really hateful right now. I know there's only three of us, but this is going to be the most hateful thing since the hateful eight. <laughs> There's going to be enough hate for eight men coming from, from us three. That's over 200% hate per person. <laughs> yeah, my laughter will likely be even more high-pitched as I wheeze away today. That's good. I was selling it. We should just sell it as, like, you finally go in full gapes, committing to the, the impression. <laughs> just slowly uh, becoming the man. Like what if acting. you are actually transforming into gapes? This is the first <laughs> stage. <laughs> we could do, like, a cold open where you guys are like, we have a special guest today, Mr. Mike Gapes. Hello, I'm Mike Gapes, right, and do right. you have the milk? Save the effort for the actual cold open, because your voice is going to fucking go completely if you're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you want to do that then as the open? I was thinking generally we could talk about the theme of the Lib Dems being a car yeah. crash already, and then That's, maybe yeah. end we're going on to today's theme, which has been actually the Tories are a disaster as well. Yeah, definitely, De definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. It might seem to the untrained ear like we're just doing exactly what Leon Herring did with the real Rod Hull character like 25 years ago, but no, this is actually different and good. Was that was that on Fist of Fun? It was on. It was on the radio first, but literally, I think that happened because Kevin Eldon was ill and tried to do an oh, impression right. of Rod Hull as a passing joke, <laughs> and it was so bad that they just ran with it and made him do it every week because it amused them <laughs> and ended up doing a popular <laughs> thing on the show. So. You know, <laughs> 
Kevin Eldon's had a good career. He's still about. He's in Game of Thrones twice, you know. Oh, it's, really? It's your, you... your route to stardom. You watch all the comedy shows of that kind of era or that, like, friendship group that, that they've done more recently, and Kevin Eldon is in all of them in supporting roles. He's a, he's yeah, great comic actor. everything he was in, mine. Yeah, yeah. He's in a lot of the Chris Morris stuff as well, isn't he? Yeah. I think he might be in that big train thing written by the hated Linehan, which is quite funny, to be fair. Yeah, he's, he's really good <laughs> Before he lost it. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's quite low on the melt scale of people from that era. Like, he's not full Chris Morris. Morris, he, he does he does tweet a lot about like stopping Brexit, but he oh, does really? seem to be broadly quite left wing still, despite oh, that's being something. middle aged and doing all right for himself. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> mm. Lib, Lib Dems, I guess. What are we going to yeah. talk about? So when, when we so left, what's this... the news? What's the news in Brexit land? Yeah. So I think we left it pretty much exactly a week ago with the election just. Had it, had it been called at that point? It yeah, just been for, yeah. for yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah, okay. So um, we were kind of hoping at that point, I think we probably said so on the episode somewhere, that we just need to go for the Lib Dems from day one and just make yeah. sure that their they're inevitable fall-off is as quick and dramatic as possible. And it's, it's yeah. going well so far. It's going well yeah. because they've pretty much shat the bed over the last few days. Um <laughs> I was surprised that their European, there's a sort of post-European elections polling held up this long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As been called, it's falling off pretty quickly as soon as people are looking at their constituency and seeing how <laughs> it's actually a two-horse race and the Lib Dems aren't in it in most places. <laughs> like, they've got they've got a kick-ass strategy, though, man. I'm thinking of changing the Lib Dem Wikipedia page so it says that their director of communications is Vladislav Surkov. Yeah, I think he could learn a lot from the Lib Dems. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with the Lib Dems is that they've been known for a long, long time, both when they've been very unpopular and when they've been people who quite grudgingly like them, doing like the Charles Kennedy era, for example. They've always, always been known to be absolute bastards in terms of local campaigning, really mm. ruthless, using mm. every dirty trick in the book. And mm-hmm. part of that is the Lib Dem bar graphs and misleading literature and hypes them up as the main opposition in every single constituency regardless of evidence but they've yeah. got away with that for so long even when the party was hated for example following 2010 they've never really been called on it beyond a subset of politics nerds on twitter and it's really it seems to have actually caught on this time and it's really weird like people are actually going like hang on that's bullshit let's have a proper discussion about why and let's call them all tossers for doing it. So <laughs> you'd love to see it, but it's, it's about at least a couple of decades overdue. The hated Lord Renard, they're, they're so bad for this campaign, and he's obviously... Fuck you, Lord Renard. Like, fuck give, give you. Give us our Twitter account back, you cunt. Right? Yeah, exactly. But he basically... He's a thief. He's known as like one of their main campaigning gurus over the years. I don't Hang know. on, I'd like to just clarify that I'm not making a slanderous accusation that Lord Renard is a thief and that he like shoplifts or something. I <laughs> simply mean that he stole our Twitter account from us. Yeah, the we fucking o- bastard. We only make factual accusations here, like multiple women over a long period of time have accused him of sexually harassing them. And exactly, that's yeah. a fact. Yeah, but he's known as one of their sort of campaigning gurus to the extent where he brought out a fucking autobiography on, was it fucking Bite Back Publishing, where every shithouse <laughs> politician releases a book for 200 people. But you'd think that even they would draw the line a bit at an absolute danger that's been known and exposed as a danger rather than it being one of these open secret things. And he called his book Winning Here, My Biography by Lord Renard or whatever. Actually named it after the Lib Dem winning here garden signs. I mean, you've made an interesting new one of those, which was... Uh, threads, yeah, yeah. Yeah, threads, yeah, that's Literally just it, Googling that's around for film. the first thing I could think of that would come up with, like, a apocalyptic wasteland sort of scene. Because <laughs> they would still have the same campaign strategy in the bombed-out husk of humanity, you know, if there's, like, a constituency of ten people left alive, they would be highlighting that everyone left alive was either a Tory or a Lib Dem, so you had to vote for them. They just go up to a person who's sort of like half a pool of radiation-damaged sludge <laughs> and be like, hey, did you know Jeremy Corbyn wouldn't press the red button? 
<laughs> he doesn't want to put you out of your misery. Vote Lib Dem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been the big thing today, isn't it? Wasn't it their actual fucking campaign launch? And Joe Swinson has already pressed the rhetorical red button and gone in at Corbyn for not wanting to mass murder millions of people in what would be one of the worst crimes in all of history. Yeah. Bastard. Yeah. yeah. Disgraceful. And obviously, people have brought up that she used to be the exact opposite opinion on that back in like 2010 yeah. back until she was <laughs> but you know yeah how it is anytime the Lib Dems think that they can get some political capital mm-hmm. from a bit of a pivot to the left they'll do that for five minutes until they mm-hmm. see <laughs> some reason that they can make political capital of pivoting back to the right again which is obviously <laughs> their preferred state yeah for sure they put out a leaflet somewhere which is like Lip Dems winning and on the up after by-election victory. The Guardian, August 2019. And then the full headline from The Guardian is Joe Swinson, Lib Dems are winning and on the up after by-election victory. They're just so odd about the whole thing. Obviously the big thing they do now is they're using various combinations. Sometimes they're using the results from the European elections. Obviously... Mm hoping people won't twig at a glance or won't realise how different the electoral systems are for the EU elections and for the general mm-hmm. election but then they're yeah. also doing like abs- there's this absurd company is like Micropollin it's literally some guy in his bedroom like a civil servant <laughs> running that as his side hustle <laughs> and he is literally the sample sizes are like 25 people he offers publicly <laughs> available data on how they're selected, so it literally could be him walking around his local sort of late evening, just asking everyone. <laughs> you know, he, he, he could be doing it at a fucking. Uh, Go down to the local Lib, Lib Dem club. Guys, you meet Lib Dem. Who's everyone going to vote for? <laughs> Aye, I'm 30% of Tory. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a fair few tactical voters in there. Well, you know, even people voting with their hearts. Like, oh, I'm only a Lib Dem member tactically. I vote with my heart, which means I vote Tory. Like, yeah, I mean, someone made a parody of one of those. I think it was Klee made a parody of one of those yeah. graphs, which was just like Lib Dems, 100% ISIS, zero or something. Of course, that was before ISIS endorsed the Lib Dems. Yeah. And it was also before Suzanne Moore stole Klee's meme and just passed it off from her own account as if it was fact yeah well i mean she's got to do something when she isn't stealing jewish valor oh, that was just grim wasn't it just so weird i i, I might be jewish. yeah i don't a... think i am but i can't yeah but i'm not therefore <laughs> yeah it's anti-semitic to say i'm bad at tweeting and drunk what yeah yeah pretty much like well i'm not jewish but then i kind of hate the left so you know what Maybe I am? <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks, Suzanne. Frankly, Strange. she's just one of many journalists who's just been going wild over the last few days. Yeah, there's been a lot of it about. I've dug up here one of the iconic Lib Dem leaflets of times past, you know. Normally Lib Dem leaflets are all the same, you know. Nice picture yeah. of the smiling candidate on the front and then the usual... Lib Dems winning here, you know, we're either first or second, Labour can't win, a little mm. bit about Swinson and the policies or whatever, stop Brexit is on there a lot these days, but this was one from 2015, it would have been like a re-election campaign, but it was Danny Alexander running for re-election. Oh, Terrible um, head. Obviously, yeah, absolute freak. Uh, this would have been 2015, yeah, because it's gone up in February 2015 but you know those gossip magazines that you, you see in any new but I mean, to be fair I don't ever yeah. go in a news agent anymore but <laughs> the weird gossip mags where it's really obviously daft stories that everyone that buys the magazine knows are daft sure. or it's like like the know, new European same thing yeah a bit more fucking credible dunk. than that but, yeah, got yeah. Him. but it's like um, ladies know. and gentlemen we got him <laughs> my uncle's ghost haunts my dog kennels you know just all these ridiculous this <laughs> stories and yeah. people buy them and then there's a weird <laughs> reactionary streak to them and all that sounds like Stephen Pollard era Daily Express yeah it's... <laughs> the way you described it at least <laughs> yeah they bury the hard right stuff a lot more and it is more just the absurd stories out of focus and they're less obsessed mm. with the weather um, yeah. some main differences but they've styled it up like one of these magazines like Take a Break or whatever and they've called it Talk of the Glens Spring 2015 and it's a picture <laughs> of Danny Alexander looking by his standards normal okay uh, you know, a bit less like, like Pika from the Muppets they put his head through the photoshop 
Aye, they, they've made it look. Yeah, they've got the the Photoshop caliper tool out. <laughs> <laughs> but they've uh, they've got him looking at it. It's just captioned Danny's our champion. Is that a Roald Dahl reference? No, they haven't thought that through that much. <laughs> Winter warmer recipes, page two. Danny's <clears> dad in focus, talking about his family home had no electricity and relied on old diesel generators. You know, mm. salt of the earth. Win classic Highland malt up for grabs, which I've got a feeling isn't really allowed under electoral <coughs> law. They're like actually really strict <laughs> about inducements. I remember this because weird crank Craig Murray used to be like <laughs> the rector at my university, so I'd look at oh. his blog to see what he was up to after he'd gone. It was a usual 25% good points, well argued, a lot of crank shit, and he was a Lib Dem at the time as well, <laughs> right? Um, no, right, yeah. Okay, he tried and almost succeeded, I think to grass up Jack Straw when he ran against him as a protest candidate because like Jack Straw was giving out free curry at a community event for his re-election campaign or something like that and they're like this is technically illegal so <laughs> I, Danny Alexander's nice. doing the same stuff but there is actually oh. a, a recipe in here for Danny's sausage and butternut squash stew um, excuse me it's just a 999 are we on 999? <laughs> <laughs> Officer, yes, hello. I wish to report a serious crime. Yeah, this guy joined the Lib Dems. I know, yeah, lock him up. <laughs> yeah, so there's recipes on it. Bottom of every page is Talk of the Glens with a little trademark symbol by it. True life stories from the Highlands. And then there's it goes on to bland quotes about how Danny helped them with constituency stuff, basically. <laughs> But it's so weird, they've done it like a full leaflet and there's just bits mixed in that are genuinely like a, a gossip magazine. <laughs> there we go, on the last page there, uh, Charles Kennedy, it's Danny or the Nationalists. It's more of an implicit Labour can't win here than a proper one. Is that an, a new quote? No, I mean, no, obviously it's not a new quote. Like, it, Charles, Charles Kennedy is st- dead, they haven't actually dug up his corpse and, and <laughs> yeah. endorsed the most right-wing bastards they can find. Although he probably would yeah. have probably done that because yeah, well, no, he probably would. He was a f- other Lib Dem leaders. Yeah, I don't think they have the same kind of culture as Labour, where you have all the former leaders. Like, yeah, fuck the current leader. It's not quite the same. Although, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they treated him very well after he wasn't leader. Well, no, they didn't treat him very well when he was leader. So, and underneath that, taking up the bulk of that final page on there, talk of the Glens prize crossword: win a bottle of one of the Highlands' finest malts. And it's it's literally a full crossword, and it's got like name, address, telephone, postcode underneath. Yeah, and more like print, elect one of the Highlands' finest melts. In small print underneath <laughs> the crossword, with whiskey everywhere. Win, win some whiskey. Win some free whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Comes out as milk. Underneath that, and under a couple of the regular terms like proof of postage cannot be accepted as proof of delivery, what the closing date mm-hmm. is, this sort of thing. The decision of the editor is final, right? It's not an editor, it's an election leaflet, it's not an actual magazine. You work yourself into a shoot there. <laughs> and finally, personal... Oh, no, it actually says personal data will be used for competition purposes only. So that is the most moral thing that the Lib Dems have ever done with anyone's data. <laughs> wow. By the way, on a quick note on the intersection between the Lib Dems and the Gapesist movement... Did anyone see that pic of Joe Swinson with a Bailey's Easter egg earlier? Yeah, there was a few. <laughs> there were a few Easter egg pictures. That the one, that one's yeah. the best one. She fucking loves Easter eggs, man. For Lib Dems and those milk products, they can't get enough. She'll never quite top Farron for this, but there seems no. to be like a Lib Dem rite of passage. Whenever you start getting noticed in the party, you've got to do million fucking embarrassing photo shoots <laughs> like <laughs> with milk especially there's one of her with milk yeah milk chocolate counts yeah Yeah. and the other thing is that in order to court the grassroots you've got to do all that anti-water fluoridation campaigning which seems to be a recurring factor in an absurd number of lib dem candidates (laughs) can't wait till the stories about lib dem gay cures start showing up this election because there were at least three last time including the leader to be fair, it was mostly the leader, so I think there'll be a slight reduction based on simply the fact that he's <laughs> just a, a bitter, forgotten man of politics now. Yeah, he was he's not when he was leader, well, to be fair. But, well, uh, no, actually, in the Lib Dem, not the campaign launch, I guess, if, if it was today, but like 
their actual first event in the campaign. The TV cameras were there, and Joe Swinson had all the Lib Dem MPs standing r- around her, apart from Angela Smith, who didn't get the call for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah, but right, yeah. Tim was actually... I think he's like fucking water purity spokesman for them now or something. They're just like, well, yeah, you can have the farming brief, Tim. Go on. Rural affairs. That's it. He's their DEFRA guy. But yeah, he's like front and center with Joe in the first TV op of the campaign. Christ. Did you see that other photo shoot as well with like proper haunted energy where it was like Lemvit Opic and uh, three then junior Lib Dem women, including Joe Swinson, just sort of stood like behind him dressed in sort of schoolgirl outfits. Really, really creepy energy to it. Like it was it was was like one step up from David Davis's former conservative leadership campaign where it was like winning with Donald Oh yeah. But like Lembit Opic is a he's a bit of a creepy man. He's never really... Hang on, can I just explain that to Yair for a second? Please. <laughs> so yeah. Yair in two thousand and five, the guy who ran against David Cameron in the Conservative leadership contest to replace Michael Howard was this guy called David Davis, who you probably have heard of because he Yeah, had, yeah he was Theresa May's Brexit minister for a while and shit. Um, right. he's like a very right wing Tory MP, although weirdly you get the odd subject where he's sounder than most Tories because he's got this like libertarian yeah. civil liberties thing going on he was kind but of anyway. alcoholic Peter Hitchens <laughs> just pissed all the time and less coherent shades of Peter Oborn but more of a cunt than Oborn I'd say anyway David Davis ran against David Cameron the flash young modernizer of his campaign where he had these women with big breasts next to him wearing these double d's t-shirts you know dd david davis but everyone was just like wow wow those women he's got the women next they've got the deep double d's wow and yeah he didn't win (laughs) david cameron became prime minister five years after that yeah yeah it was he kind of obliterated all his goodwill straight away which was funny (laughs) Um, then brexit happened you know how the story goes lembert opic man he's an old guy he's known primarily for like having various celebrity girlfriends at various points but there's, there's just a slightly creepy energy to him called in at an old job I worked at at a call centre and oh. ended up spending the whole like he hadn't paid his bills so he was kind of stringing us along the whole day but he was <laughs> massively chatting up one of the lasses on my team like all day over the phone in a really creepy way <laughs> she, didn't have oh, who God. Was. she was like the least political person you'd ever meet which made it funnier initially that he was going on. We oh, were, we were ideal all... for the Lib Dems then. Yeah, we were all joking. I mean, this is the question. Did she like personal advancement? Because as long as you're into that, then you could thrive in the Liberal Democrat Party. I will say that at first she thought he seemed like a nice man. And then she thought he would increasingly thought, right, he's a bit of a creep. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, okay. As the day went on. One of those cases where you, you encounter someone in, in real life and they're exactly as you'd imagined them. Not <laughs> not good. Just a, a very old man. He just seems to have been abandoned by the party as soon as he got voted out, which is yeah quite funny. Understandable. Not <laughs> yeah. like most of the people that stuck around that are any better than him, either politically or as people. No. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we should talk for another half an hour because we've talked for half an hour an hour i don't want to record for too long try and keep it for roughly an hour as a, as a guideline yeah makes sense yeah anyway let's keep on talking about the election yeah so in terms of false news it's been a bit of a, a belter already so we've seen yeah roller coaster earlier in the week we saw mike gapes himself become a victim of, <laughs> of, of false news <laughs> he got got so bad by the false news machine that not ours really though <laughs> so obviously Straight well, sure. away, there were a lot of tactical voting websites. I think we were talking a few weeks ago about how there were obviously going to be ones coming up and they were all suspiciously going to recommend the Lib Dems. Everyone is run by a different host of the Romaniacs podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the worst one had, like, Alex Andreo, didn't it? Oh, Just yeah. Turdy Alex. That guy. Tip I said on Twitter as well, if, if you if you at him and just say, Turdy Alex, he will block you and you'll never have to see his face. <laughs> I highly recommend it. He most recently came back to the attention of left Twitter. He was a former Corbyn supporter initially when Corbyn became leader. And then he went immediately from pro-Corbyn 
uh, tweets to not only I don't support Corbyn, I don't think Corbyn's the right man, but pivoted straight to if you support Corbyn at all, if you have ever supported Corbyn, you are a fucking idiot. <laughs> Literally, yeah, days yeah, after yeah. So a brilliant cell phone, really. Yeah, and then <laughs> he surfaced again a while later, and he was telling a story about how he'd been on the tube near Highbury, near Arsenal's home ground, and he'd seen a group of pissed up young men, Arsenal fans, on the tube, <laughs> haranguing some tourists, basically, and then chanting, like, Brexit, Brexit at them and stuff. And, and those men were Jeremy Corbyn, <laughs> Mr. Seamus Milne, and the lads, I don't know. But Corbyn's stoner son. He smoked too many weeds and got aggro. But this story itself was false news, because people actually highlighted to it like it wasn't that people were disbelieving that some idiot football fans were harassing someone and, and giving it brexit chat and stuff it was that <laughs> arsenal specifically they were playing at home that day yes their ground was very near to that but they were in the early kickoff and the time he you know gaming got moved early for, for tv cameras and, and stuff uh, for tv coverage and he was saying that this happened like it was it was half time or like two minutes to kick off in the second half or something, so we're supposed to believe that like people left an Arsenal match in progress, <laughs> having paid to go and see it, to like just travel around <laughs> on the tube and shout at random foreigners, <laughs> or yeah. they didn't have tickets for the game but they dressed up in like full Arsenal kit and decided to get the tube around near the, the ground <laughs> to yell at foreigners. But people were trying to help well, them out. People were like, look assuming he's not a football fan are you sure it wasn't Crawley Town or are you sure you know they, they had a game in London that day uh, they play in red and white are you sure it wasn't Leighton Orient their local they, they play in red their kickoff's three o'clock and he was no no it was definitely Arsenal why are you doubting me why are the Corbyn mob coming for me over this and he like because you've not taken five minutes to, like it might have happened, it might have been fans of a different team, it might have cooked the whole thing up, we don't know, but his story fell apart, and rather than address it, or go along with the people on the left that were trying to help him out, maybe it was this team, maybe you've got that one detail wrong, he was just yelling at people, blocking them left, right and centre. He is in fact the perfect person, given his history, to be running a website that recommends Lib Dem, voting for the Lib Dem candidates as the only opposition in seats yeah. that have got 2.9% in 2017. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he's definitely team Lib Dem this time, as all the tactical voting sites seem to be, apart from, of course, the one made by a friend of a show which recommended Mike Gapes in every single yeah. seat. Yeah, sorry, we which, got which quite a lot Mike of um, Gapes himself self got <laughs> taken in by and shared. Yeah. So he's made this joke one and he's recommended Gapes in, in every single constituency. <laughs> Gapes was having which in itself was quite funny Gapes. It was such a funny picture as well. It was from the milk speech I think and he was really red in it. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. But Mike Gapes was having a bit of a meltdown because this one absurd Lib Dem site that was nominally a sort of Tactical vote for Remain style. <laughs> wasn't yeah. recommending him. It was recommending, I think, the Labour candidate in that constituency. Yeah, yeah, it was Sam Tarry, who Mike Gapes refuses. Yeah, yeah, Gapes refuses to mention Tarry by he name. Just he just says. Candidate. Corbyn's candidate. Of course, I'll include my dramatic reading of that tweet that I did before I developed a sore throat at this point in the yep. episode. Hi, best for Britain. Why is your tool recommending voting for Corbyn's candidate in Ilford South when you know that I defied Corbyn's whip? and voted against triggering Article 50, and I have always supported a people's vote. Is it now your policy to undermine pro-European MPs? The uh, St. Petersburg Troll Factories and the RT Propaganda Channel are ready. And you have the tool? But of course, someone linked that to him as a sort of, oh, I found this one to be a bit better, Mike. Yeah. And he's obviously clicked it, put his own postcode in to check his constituency, 
and it's recommended mm. him. And he's maybe thought, <laughs> oh, I'm not, not, not so keen on the picture they've used, but it's just recommending me. They've got the right idea. That's good. <laughs> yeah. He immediately then tweeted it out to all his followers. Oh, thanks, I hadn't seen this one. This looks good. And <laughs> everyone else, both his legit followers and the increasingly huge percentage of people who just either listen to this podcast or, or follow us on Twitter and like noising the guy up. <laughs> We're just like that's, that seems to be almost everyone who interacts with him on Twitter. Yeah, there's loads of them, loads of us, and then like a, a handful of like dedicated, loyal, centrist fans of Mike Gapes who think he's very great. <laughs> yeah. Someone's still out there standing up for the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah, but they they were you know I think it was a couple of those who were like trying to politely and tactfully say, Mike, that recommends you in every single constituency. <laughs> and within minutes he's been like ah fooled and deleted it which of course then shows up on all the, the tweets deleted by MP type sites as well so it is now recorded <laughs> forever as a mark of posterity yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that Mike Gates tweet where he just shared a telegraph article that had been written by some like just, just frothing at the mouth Tory about Corbyn after Robert Mugabe died and it was just like <laughs> Mugabe fooled me once I won't be fooled again by Corbyn <laughs> Gabe's getting taken in by the false news machine really reminded me of that glorious moment where Gabe's made it sound like he had been personally duped by Robert Mugabe. (laughs) He probably has been at some stage in his career, to be fair. (laughs) Hey, Mike. Mike, do you want to come on this all-expenses-paid junket? Don't mind my human rights record. Mike's like, oh, okay. And then he goes out there and he's just like marooned in the middle of the Zimbabwe <laughs> and wilderness. <laughs> he just sees Mugabe up in the sky in his private jet blowing a raspberry out of a window. Doesn't I even got know you. Which, which native animals uh, produce milk or not, let alone how to obtain yeah. it. Like, he's, just he's just going around trying water. to milk lions and shit. He's just going like, to leopards trying to like, squeeze there. Where are the others? <laughs> He's going to grow anyway. from a kitten into a big cat. <laughs> I'm going scrolling down our profile and everything, because I know there's going to be good shit that we've missed. But I think let's like, just all fucking fuck the Lib Dems, man. Yeah. That's... But there's been good fake news today as well, because yeah, there's obviously been an increase in deliberate fake news. It's just like absurd fake news stories and stuff. And then there was the one that was like, there's some guy going semi-viral being a Tory dickhead on Question Time. And um, <laughs> the, the tweet that was basically saying, Rob Burley hired this guy as a member of the Conservative Party and dressed him up to like, <laughs> yeah. working class. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they had him in makeup for ages to get him looking like a player or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and the, the tweet's been deleted now. It tends to sort of hit yeah. and run with those. Right. But it, it did Melted. go viral. It got thousands and thousands of retweets. It had people like yeah. like it was obviously a joke. It wasn't one of the ones where he put more effort into making it look convincing. He had like an obvious fake journalist name and stuff. Yeah, you had James sure. Ball quote tweeting this joke like, "Twitter is a joke sometimes." Yeah, look at the look at the numbers on this. Twitter's a joke sometimes, and like, yeah, that is literally a joke that you're quote tweeting. Yeah. In a yeah. very literal sense, you've actually called it right for once. But people were absolutely losing <laughs> their shit. This is data, man. Meanwhile, candidates were being found to be racist left, right, and centre. The press were ignoring it, and then like they were all actually mm. kicking off about that. But today, full fact, the fact-checking site have published a page on this false news. The UK's independent <laughs> fact-checking charity. Hell yeah. That is a live page on their website. Is this the same fuckers who got us? When I tweeted that ISIS had endorsed the Lib Dems, some fucking cheeky fucker quote tweeted that saying, Fact check! ISIS have not endorsed the Lib Dems. <laughs> while while, Dab, while Dabik editorials previously criticised the human rights abuses of the conservative Lib Dem coalition, the ISIS leadership are not believed to be readying any endorsement for the 2019 general election. Conclusion. False news. Oh wait, sorry, that was the People's Second Referendum account. <laughs> have you yourself been a victim of false like false news countering false news there jack well i you know i fucking trust my senior source in isis and i will protect him to the death what i love best about the people's second referendum account is that 
it, it now tweets at least once a day. I just joined the Lib Dem, <laughs> the Liberal Dem. Yeah. me <laughs> every day. It's the longest apparently... running joke on Twitter, pretty much across several accounts by this person. What you don't realise, though, is for name redacted is literally setting up a new direct debit payment to the Liberal Democrat Party on a shell account for every time he tweets this. Hopefully, he's like robbing from the Lib Dems somehow to funnel a small amount of it back to them. Right? <laughs> Stealing from the Lib Dems to give to the Lib Dems. <laughs> That's praxis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, all right, let's hear about some of this false news uh, sorry the fact check some of this anti-false news the antidote we've got it here facts hard facts real news claim bbc question Strong time data hired the son of a bbc producer to pose as a brexit and boris johnson supporter conclusion <laughs> this is incorrect the man on the show was not mr burley's son and burley did not work on question time the claim originated from a spoof account. <laughs> underneath, it's got... Uh, this claim was shared hundreds of times on Facebook, and it was shared a lot more on Twitter. <laughs> um, the Facebook, claim originates, great lads. The claim originates from a now-deleted tweet from a spoof account, which said that BBC producer Rob Burley had hired and dressed up a member of the Conservative <laughs> <laughs> working class and make comments that were pro Brexit and pro Boris Johnson on questions. <laughs> Some people seem to have believed the tweet, and the claim then morphed into the accusation that the man was Mr. Burley's son. <laughs> 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 Mr. Burley has denied this and stated he has no involvement with Question Time. The show's actual current editor is Hilary O'Neill, and the man in the video has identified himself as Leighton J. Smith. A separate Facebook post claiming the man is an actor with a screenshot of his profile on a casting website is accurate <laughs> in the sense that the profile was oh. real, although it's since been deleted. He could just be another fucking actor with shite politics. I mean, there seem to be plenty of them around. Yeah, he just wants to be yeah. the, the next Ed Marson. <laughs> the next Francis Barber. However, the possible implication that Mr. Smith's beliefs are not genuinely held is not borne out by his social media accounts, which appear to be authentic and demonstrate a history of support for Brexit. We can all set up a fucking social media account, just as we can all set up multiple shell accounts in the Cayman Islands to funnel money to the Liberal Democrat Party <laughs> under multiple <laughs> direct debits. Yeah, 99% of your money going to back to the Lib Dems, and the remaining 1% going to Newcastle United FC, apparently. <laughs> well, you know what they say. He's a very sincere it's... fan of running that account. Rob Burley has also tweeted that link out for full fact, saying, well, it's been surreal but for any Cyril truthers still out there the verdict is in what's Cyril Smith <laughs> that's the joke I was gonna make like it would be terrible Fucking if Dave. made false news out of the false news with a fake link that just said like Cyril Smith <laughs> or something <laughs> this is how David Steele talks when the cameras aren't on the yeah. bloody Cyril truthers oh sorry that's how he talks when the cameras are on as yeah. well as evidenced <laughs> by that BBC interview from last year I've just clocked that the screenshot I saw of this is actually like an ex a great example of cunt inception because it's got a little, the top of it just hidden away there Andrew Neil mm. retweeted. So Andrew Neil is now leading the charge against false news on Twitter. Oh wow! Okay. It's obviously been a, a good week for the the spectator that he has a huge <laughs> financial interest in the massive race science and anti-Semitism rag that it is. When he was editor of the Times, was it? Was it the Sunday Times or whatever? well? Anyway, He's got a hell of a rap didn't... sheet, man. Wasn't him his explicit Andrew Neil sanctioned editorial line that like AIDS didn't exist or something like that? Yeah, there was definitely some stuff in the Times relating to that. That was a strong position in the Sun at the time. No, like, I definitely remember reading about Andrew Neil, and he doesn't believe in climate change no, either. So doesn't. he hasn't got a fucking leg to stand <laughs> the, on when it comes to he facts. Was, editor, was like peak Rupert Murdoch being hands-on with his UK papers, okay? Ah, so right, he would, yeah. he would ring up his editors at least a couple of times a week, often every day. I think even more hands-on with his son, because that was the biggest selling one. But when you got weird positions like that that were shared across the papers, that was 100% a Murdoch editorial line. There were probably yeah. <laughs> equivalent papers in Australia, in 
countries all around the world pushing the same stuff. Yeah, man. Well, you know, God forbid the government don't fucking work for the billionaires like Mr. Murdoch, who, you know, to in the words of Amal Rahan, Murdoch has invested billions in quality journalism in this country. <laughs> can we? I know she's not a Lib Dem, but can we briefly talk about the Emma Barnett interview with Lloyd Russell Moyle? Yeah, yeah. I, I've not watched the full thing, to be honest. Have you watched the two-minute clip? I think, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've seen, and it is fucking extraordinary. <laughs> Holy shit, she does not comprehend the idea that some people might not think that having billionaires is a socially productive thing. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's mm. so weird. If they're trying to shift the discourse on, like, actually billionaires are good, let alone whether billionaires <laughs> are good or not, if that's the grounds they're trying to challenge the left on, that only works for us, because... <laughs> Who yeah. the fuck is going to listen to this shit and come away with a more favourable opinion of, of billionaires <laughs> than they had before? If people believe well, that you know, pro pro market or people who get there have worked hard for a thing, they're still going to believe that. But they believe that anyway. They probably weren't voting for a left-wing Labour. People who aspire yeah. to be billionaires. Oh, I mean, fucking people hell. People who aspire if to that's... shop at John Lewis. Was that the... <laughs> it's Chris Leslie, yeah. No, classic Leslie. No, that not... Um, what's his name? The guy who runs a V&A now. Oh, about. Tristram Hunt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was his 2015. It's very lived. Well, that was at the start of the 2015 Labour leadership campaign when there were about three to four explicitly Blairite candidates. But if you aspire to be a billionaire, you are probably always going to be really fucking miserable because it's very (laughs) statistically unlikely that you will become a billionaire. Even aspiring to be a millionaire, frankly, I think a bit of a crap aspiration. Aspire to create something beautiful or change the world or help people. Don't aspire don't to line your own pockets. Because if I, if I somehow made a million pounds, I would like immediately retire. I'd probably retire before I got yeah. to that point. I'd be like, right, I don't right. have to work again. Anything I do do like that, it can be just entirely yeah. falling back. Like, that's the appeal yeah. of having lots of money. Yeah, but that times a thousand. Wouldn't you be really happy? happy if you had that times a thousand <laughs> and yeah you didn't have to work but yeah you admittedly had to spend like 23 hours out of every day in board meetings trying to seclude your money in places where the authorities won't find it it's uh, <laughs> i gotta say actually being a billionaire probably is a life of incredible luxury but with its own facets that i personally wouldn't enjoy yeah the whole being a parasite thing would be a bit of a bummer yeah. at times, I think. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Bit. Fucking metamorphosis yeah. kind of shit, man. Yeah. So, have we ever covered before on here the journalist's register of interest, just because we were talking about Andrew Neil before? What is that? What it's called when Jess Phillips writes a column for The Guardian? <laughs> yeah. What it is, is, I don't know who exactly appears on it. Right, so it's anyone who's accredited for the parliamentary press gallery or parliamentary broadcasting has to register... Mm. Any occupation or employment for which you receive over £795 for in the course of a calendar year. So there's loads of journalists on there. There's pretty much everyone that's remotely prominent. And obviously a lot of people who are more sort of behind the scenes, lobby or political reporters. And most of them, Mm. they've got their sponsor on it, which is who sponsored their lobby pass. So that'll be like their main employer. And then it has other relevant gainful occupation, which is anyone else they work for. So probably over half the people of it, they'll have their main employer, be it, BBC, Guardian, Spectator, Times, whoever, and it'll have none after that. And then some mm-hmm. of them will have, like, this person's a visiting professor of political journalism at university. This person occasionally comments for Sky News or BBC News, like the paper reviews sort of stuff. There's some freelancers yeah. on there, you know, so they've got maybe four or five publications or broadcasters listed, but most of them they're probably not making that much money off. It's like they've got a main yeah. employer yeah. in that. They're all quite brief. And most of it is highlined as like TV review and comment, occasional <laughs> broadcasting, other than the main employer. And then you scroll mm. down, and you keep scrolling down, and I think probably the most on there is like Isabel Hardman or someone who's got about ten <laughs> freelance gigs. But again, a lot of them probably aren't making that much. It's just uh, how they all <laughs> mount up and are main. Em- Solidarity with Isabel against the people saying that the Spectator is bad and that no one is forcing her to work for that fascist publication. Can't even be deputy editor of a racist publication anymore without people calling her <laughs> racist somehow or tolerant. Of Forgot racism. she's literally deputy editor. Yeah. It's like fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, so there's loads of people. On there. Most of them have not much on there or a few brief things that are understandable. Here's Andrew Neil's entry in full. Oh. 
Andrew Neil's sponsor of the BBC in terms of parliamentary past day, you get him there his main one in that, right? Here is the rest of his register of interests. Chairman, Press Holdings Media Group, The Spectator, Spectator Life, Spectator Australia, Spectator USA, and Apollo, the international arts magazine. <laughs> I bet Spectator Australia is fucking horrifying. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> the stuff's the too spectator. spicy for The Spectator and The Spectator USA. So that, that's <laughs> but with one. added Australianness. Chairman, The Addison Club, London. <laughs> Director, Glenburn Enterprises Limited, <laughs> provides media and consultancy services. Fees for speaking at, hosting or chairing an event were received from the following organisations from August 2018 to July 2019. Speech to Jeffrey's investment company. Is that Jeffrey Epstein's investment company? First name terms. It's spelt differently. I think it's referring to a surname, but we can't rule it out. He, he, he is in the black book. That is a fact. He is in Epstein's is, little black book. Yeah. in Jeffrey Epstein's contact book. You can infer from yep. that what you want in terms of his involvement but um mm-hmm. yeah Close, we've got I Gottschall, think. a law firm we've got chair conference on securities for good acre speeches Yay. to parliamentary review mm-hmm. vanguard an asset management company wow speech to the annual conference of insurance brokers chair of arabian business conference awards in dubai <laughs> for itp itp the publisher okay that's going to be really dodgy aberdeen standard an asset manager D.S. Smith, a packaging company. HSBC, it's helpfully got banking brackets after them. Oh, thank you, thank you. Investec, gives away in a name there. Christian Co., <laughs> property advisors. Interview the Klitschko brothers for Ukraine House, a promoter of Ukraine. <laughs> Hiscox, an insurer. The Engineering Employers Federation. Interviews in Davos for NBC Euronews. Knight Frank, an estate agent. Chair conference for the UK Landlords Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to Fucking the... Hannibal Buress over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus, man. The Chartered Institute of Securities and Investment. Endless mm. LLP, private equity company with a very sinister name. That's just a company he set up to make this list. Probably. <laughs> Value Edge, the asset managers. <laughs> Keepers of the Quaich Dinner, a society for the promotion of Scotch whiskey which sounds like it may well have various funny handshakes associated with it. Conference organised by Institutional Investors Publication. Blicker Rothenberg, the Chartered Accountants. Can we set up a secret Masonic organisation where the handshake is just basically Gapes' arm movements from the milk speech? I think that's kind of what we've done already. <laughs> I think. <laughs> it would just be a load of people smacking each other across the face as they wildly flail their arms. But anyway, Andrew Neil. Yeah, yeah. Association of Insurance and Risk Managers in Industry and Commerce. Conference staged by Investors Weekly. Conference is staged by Portfolio Advisors. He's chaired a debate on cryptocurrencies at the Asian <laughs> Cryptocurrency Summit in Taipei. I really want to hear Andrew Neil enthusing about Bitcoin. That genuinely seems like a, a weird idea of hell. Yeah. And a debate for Cannabis Europa, a conference on legalising cannabis, yeah. which is an unexpected yeah. face turn at the end there. Jesus. My man. Well, he might have been on the against side. He probably... He was chairing the debate, so he was purely... Oh, neutral. right. Yeah. yeah, and that takes up almost yeah. a page of this fucking thing. It takes... Well, this is the BBC's top guy. He's going to be giving it to Corbyn about what an immoral bastard he is during the election debate. Oh, Tim uh, Shipman's got a lot election debate. He's the only other one that's like <laughs> near half of Andrew Neil's length. But yeah. then a lot of it's just like, right, he's done some freelance for this lot and this lot and this lot and this lot. But he also does a lot of public speaking for a lot of dodgy companies. Yeah, Tim Shipman. <laughs> well, I do actually want to wrap up in a minute, but I think that leads on to an interesting, well, to a worthwhile yeah. point to conclude with, which is that when you look at all Andrew Neil's business interests, his close links with right-wing politics. So there was a lobbyist group for Ukraine in there. What's yep. Ukraine's government like at the moment? Is it a right-wing government? pretty sure it is isn't it it's just pretty there's definitely some reactionary forces active there right now 
Well, yeah, there you go. And this man is like, he's an apologist for Orban and stuff as well. Oh, massively, and, yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I think, to be fair, I think that entry in the register has been longer and more dubious in the past. That's maybe yeah. toned it down a bit. Cause I think Owen Jones has called him out on it at least once and yeah. goes around on Twitter every so often. Well, especially because Andrew Neil tries to give it the big one about anti-Semitism whilst working at The Spectator with Taki and promoting Orban's fascist government. I was going to say, but I think if you look at Andrew Neil's link, to business despite this being the flagship journalist of our public state broadcaster his links to business and to right-wing politics is a really concerning thing and i think you can also see this in in emma barnett's interview with lloyd russell moyle where she is completely incredulous it's obviously performative but she is completely incredulous at the idea that somebody might not like the idea of billionaires and i thought it's interesting one thing that we're going to do in the next few days, hopefully, is we're going to watch the Dispatches documentary on Dominic Cumming and Mr. Seamus Milne. Yes, who are exactly um, the same now. Yeah, and yeah. I just brought in that amazing uh, little uh, clip from it that they posted on Twitter. They cut from Jess Phillips to the bloke who's interviewing her at one point, and he's just got this, like, shit-eating grin on his face. It's just literally like, yes, feed me more shit, Fork it down my fucking guzzet, Jess. Give me the bullshit. I want it. it. Literally. And then, but like, if you screenshot that, compare that guy's facial expression <laughs> to Emma Barnett's exaggerated, yeah, incredulous disgust. glances to camera. His genuine look of disgust on her face at Lloyd Russell Moyle being like, well, you know, we don't want society to be run by the billionaires. It's the most innocuous shit. He wasn't even like that <laughs> barnstorming in the way he put it, you know? It's really embarrassing. Are you on the side of the tax dodgers or of the billionaires, or are you on the side of normal working people? The tax what dodgers or the billionaires? On? Some people aspire to be a billionaire in this country. Well, Is that a dirty some... thing? I don't think that anyone in this country should be a billionaire. I think we should have a system where everyone is able to live well and wealthy. You don't think anyone should be a billionaire? How are you going to stop that? Well, I think you do it by enabling everyone to be very wealthy, to be able to profit from uh, the, 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 the gains of their work and their labour and, the, and make sure How that profits are reinvested you... into communities, not just... Um, sucked up by one or two people. Why on earth shouldn't people so, be example, able to in, be billionaires? And how on earth exa- are you going to stop them? For example, in water, for, uh, rather than allowing a few people to take the profits from our water companies and keep them in their own bank accounts, we will redistribute those profits of the water companies into a public water Sorry, company. Billionaires. That is the kind of things that you Excuse do. Excuse me, billionaires pay millions in tax. You are painting all billionaires as offshore, morally-based individuals that no-one should aspire to. As I said, there are some of these, some people play by the rules and play very well, but there is a good some proportion of people that don't, and we know who they are. We know that they who are... Who are they? Tell well, us. Well, I've, men- I've mentioned already Rupert Murdoch... Well, you said he's could... simply a shareholder, he's not a wealth creator. Who else? Yes, he, but he is a billionaire. And that's the difference. And what we will do is try and make sure that we plough those bits of money in to support the pensioner, to support the student, to support the office worker. I need to get this straight. In Brexit Britain, you don't want there to be a billionaire living in this country. I don't want this country to work for billionaires. I want it to work for ordinary and normal people. The highest how do, you, how, do you, how do you focus your country? The highest is it 1%, orientated sorry, to the billionaires or is it orientated Lloyd, to the normal people? Lloyd, would you accept you need tax to fund you. those public services you've just and spoken about? And proportionately, billionaires pay less tax than the, the highest percent of, Sorry, if I could just make this point and use some data. The highest 1% yeah. of income taxpayers account for 27% of all income tax. Those are the figures yeah. from August 2019. You want to drive those people from our shores? Well, they should be contributing more to tax because actually proportionately, most average people pay far more than that than uh, that, that 
to the tax man. And then, of course, today you've got that BBC cunt who's hyping up right-wing smear stories. Like, oh, a young woman of colour criticised the police. No, she should never be allowed to run as a Labour candidate. <laughs> fuck oh, you. Yeah, uh, absolutely th- fuck these people. Full solidarity on that. We've been trying to challenge the journalist on how he found that tweet. Because yeah. it's a four-year-old screenshot, at least because you can tell from the old Twitter <laughs> format, of a, an account yeah. that's been long deleted. And it turns out that tweet was archived on the, yeah. the Wayback Machine, the, the, the section of the archive.org site that takes that, along with a handful mm-hmm. of other tweets, most of which are relating to Palestine, okay? Yeah. One of which refers for some reason to an NUS conference event. So mm. I think maybe Almost as if there's some, some being subtle a context clues as to, well, one is <laughs> obviously someone with a, a political agenda against her that's, that's taken against her and has kept them for sort of future blackmail purposes or, or future try and destroy her yeah. purposes. But I think that kind of gives you a hint as to why. And in unreal, right. say how glad I yeah, am I'll check it out. that the Labour students are dead. Oh, yeah, 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 fucking... Literally. Right, because people keep, they keep fucking coming up right. from the grave to cool. like, actually harangue people on this. I'm not okay, actually he's... saying that people who were in Labour students should be <laughs> or are dead. I am saying I'm <laughs> glad that the organisation no longer exists, right? Yeah. It's, also, someone... it's also not discriminatory Some... to say that Mike Gapes likes Baileys. That's not a reference to alcoholism. That is a reference <laughs> to him giving a speech about Baileys. Thanks, the soft left. It was so funny when that person, uh, well, various people, I think. Yeah, someone went as as National Organisation of Labour Students on Halloween, oh, like in a zombie yes. costume. And they were all like, this is, you are, I don't even know what their argument was, man. It was fucking stupid. It was like by dressing up as a zombie and saying it's us, you are like, yeah, you're threatening to murder us and turn us into zombies. You, you plan not just to kill us, but to bring us back from the dead and turn us into killing machines with no mind of their own and no soul. That's the most compelling narrative that anyone in Labour students has ever come up with, if that's if that yeah. is what they claim. So much for the kind of gentle politics. Mr Corbyn, in 2015 you mentioned nothing about this zombie epidemic. Oh, we've hit a thousand followers. Oh, it's about time. We were 996 when we started recording. That's so. good, yeah. yeah, yeah. We should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they can sense <laughs> us. They're tapping into the radio waves somehow, despite that not having anything to do with how we record it. <laughs> can we fashion um, CB radios that they're using. Yeah, man. Well, can we end on this uplifting note of us finally getting to 100 followers on the new account? Because 100 like, followers? I... Christ, that's not that uplifting. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. A thousand... <laughs>
it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.